Welcome to the Pop Goes the Culture podcast for Friday, March the 5th. We are coming to you from our separate homes, uh, and we've gone global worldwide for this episode. we got a lot of folks who contributed to this one. More about that in just a minute. My name is Joey Mills, and joining me today on the show, we've got... Brett. Hey, hey, thanks for prodding him there, Curtis. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I knew. I just... I told you it's risky if you go with me first. Curtis. Yeah. And, of course, Hawkwood Fanatics in the fan. Right on. And we are a bunch of fans, artists, creators, critics from the Midwest talking entertainment pop culture, taking your comments and whatever. We want to thank everybody for joining us on the live stream tonight on the Pop Goes the Culture Facebook Woo-hoo! page, on our Twitch channel, on our YouTube channel, and everybody listening to the podcast whenever and wherever you're catching us down the road from here. We've got a little bit of a different kind of show for you today on this uh, this kickoff for the March show. Because today we are kicking off our March Madness Tournament. We've assembled 32 participants to battle it out over the course of the month of March. We are going to uh, be talking about our favorite movies from the 1990s. We've made our picks and you get to determine the winner. You get to vote and decide which is your favorite uh, movie from the 1990s. Uh, we have podcasters writers producers critics actors directors and a whole lot more lending their thoughts and picking their favorite films from the last decade that mattered the last decade of the 20th century plus we've got all the entertainment pop culture news that you come to expect from us each and every week and we are not waiting around is everybody ready to get into this thing are you We are ready. So this week, here's how this is going to go. We are putting four movies head to head in each poll. So we got 32 participants, four movies in each poll. So there'll be eight polls to vote in. The one movie that gets the most votes in each poll will move on to the next round. So this week, we're going to tell you the picks. We're going to tell you who drafted. We're going to tell you what they picked. Um, and then you are going to get to vote in the polls head to head. Uh, and we're going to eliminate three quarters of the picks this week. So this is an important week for us to get this thing going. Uh, so again, that's the way this whole, this whole thing's going to kick off. I hope it makes sense. Uh, I think it will as we get a little bit further into it. If you're kind of scratching your head right now, give us a second as we go through this. I think it's going to make some sense. Here is the first poll that you will get to vote in this week we start off with our number one overall pick our buddy dustin murray uh manager over at vintage stock here in town he got the first pick random number generator drew him first the number one overall pick the favorite movie of our friend dustin and again, this was a draft. So as picks come off the board, nobody else can take them. So he got to go first. He got to say, fuck you guys. I'm taking the best movie from the 90s. It's my pick. Dustin Murray picks Toy Story from 1995 with the number one overall pick. Uh, a head scratcher for some folks. Uh, but uh, that, is, 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 that is his pick nonetheless. Uh, we have... 
Well, hey, hold on. We'll talk about the picks in just a second. We got. Uh, we got. We're going to get through the first poll here. Uh, up against the number one overall pick, uh, we've also got the number sixteen pick. This was picked by our buddy Mikey Marlow, who's been on the show before. Uh, he's one of the co-hosts with Fellowship of the Geeks podcast. Uh, you can find them at Fellowship Geeks on Twitter, uh, also at thefellowshipofthegeeks.net or at popgoestheculture.com. Uh, he took with this number sixteen overall pick and a, a movie that. Uh, some people below him were waiting on, uh, but it didn't fall to them. He took with the 16 pick from 1991, the silence of the lambs. And uh, he, th- he threw the quote in there that sums it up for him. Uh, I'm having an old friend for dinner. Yes. So silence of the lambs at number 16 picking right after him at number 17 is our buddy Thomas Townley with the multiverse tonight podcast. He's been on with us as well. I know he joins us every month uh, for our WWE watch parties as well. Uh, You can follow multiverse tonight at multiverse Tom, all one word or at multiverse tonight.com. He took with the number 17 overall pick from 1994 clerks the debut film from kevin smith uh his quote the movie that started it all for kevin smith a modest movie that built a media empire on a whole lot of dick and fart jokes so yes yes it did it made a it made a career for a guy based on a whole lot of uh crude humor uh but it's a good pick at number 17 and the final pick in this first poll the number 32 pick the last pick when everybody else got their picks uh, our friend jamie lee who is a dj over at northwestern university's wnur she's a writer director actor singer you can check out more of her work at jamie lee cortese.com or follow at jackalote jamie on twitter uh, she took from 1992 with the last pick in this draft the Muppet Christmas Carol. Did I just yes. see you pull a gun on your brother, Curtis? <laughs> no. Okay, good. That's why that, that's why you want, don't want to watch the uh, live stream. There's no telling what sort of uh, crimes and misdemeanors you'll be a witness to and maybe have to give testimony I on someday. You guys wouldn't consider that a misdemeanor. <laughs> it depends on where, how he shoots where he gets you. I don't know. So anyway, that's our number one poll. The number one overall pick, Toy Story versus the number 16 pick, The Silence of the Lambs, versus the number 17 pick, Clerks. And finally, the last pick, the number 32 pick, The Muppet Christmas Carol. Looking at those four, and everybody here, of course, will get a chance to vote as well online on Twitter. Uh, we'll talk to you a little bit later on about where you can go to vote in this. Uh, what, what's the front runner for you guys? Just throw your names out there, throw your movies out there. What do you feel like is the uh, the front runner in this poll? Just throw it out there. Clerks. Clerks? Clerks. Clerks. Silence of the Lambs. Toy Story. It's going to come down between Toy Story and Silence of the Lambs. It depends on how childish our audience is. Maybe Muppets, because they're kind of having a moment right now. Do you think Muppets and Toy Story maybe maybe split that vote? I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, they will. No. <laughs> That's going to be overwhelming. was amazing, but it was, it's amazing and forgettable. Whereas it's not my Silence favorite. Silence of the Lambs. Listen, the new the new TV show just premiered this week, right? So it's obviously it long it. suffering. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, it all comes down to your favorite, not necessarily the best, not necessarily the one that make the most money, but your favorite out of those four. We're gonna let people vote on that. Uh, let's before we talk about the rest of this draft, though, let's take a minute. 
because we always kick off the show, talk a little bit about how everybody's doing, uh, what everybody's been up to. We did not do a show last week, so let's talk about it's been a couple weeks since we've been together. Talk about what everybody's been up to in the last couple weeks. Uh, what entertainment, pop culture have you taken in? What movies you watch, television? Uh, what have you listened to, read, played? What's everybody been up to in the last couple weeks? I uh, just today finished season one of Batman the Animated Series. I'm very happy about that. Starting season two tomorrow. And uh, I watch one a day every day since uh, January 1st. And uh, and uh, it's funny because uh, I'm watching that on HBO Max. And then I watch a bunch of other shows to start my day. All the other shows, albeit Batman and then another show, are on Disney+. Plus. So I'm watching like some National Geographic shows. I'm watching like Ultimate Spider-Man. I'm watching... Uh, they have an original talk show with the Jim Henson company called Earth to Ned, where it's an alien hosting his own talk show with real celebrity guests. It's fun. It's stupid. It's entertaining. So that's pretty much what I've been doing. Right on. How about you, Hawk? What have you been up to in the last uh, couple of weeks? I'm, I've been enjoying, obviously, a lot of premieres have happened. Uh, I was able to check out the new Superman show and all its controversy. Um, they are very lucky. I get. I, I, I have that three-episode rule. Um course the new equalizer with queen latifah that was that's interesting um (laughs) i wish her well Mm -hmm. um it looks because there's the same city it looks frighteningly like person of interest like exactly (laughs) like person of interest yeah like you expect to see them probably using a lot of the same crew yeah well yeah they they very well could be i just i really wanted it to be more like denzel's equalizer but it's if you look like I swear to God, it's the same storyline minus the rich white dude on the computer. Although they have a rich white dude on the computer, he's not old. right. Right, he don't have a limb, and he's married. <laughs> it's you know, it's, I'm hoping I, I I don't foresee it lasting, but I was I, you know you got to give Queen Latifah hope because she's you know she's Queen Latifah, right? You know when she takes over the world and you know somebody's gonna have to be at her side, and it might as well be me. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, Curtis, Brad, what have you guys been up to? Curtis, uh, I don't want to hear you pissing and moaning about your uh, network, your old movies network. Oh, no, 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 no. I won't be anymore. Did they, they bring it back? back? Did they bring <laughs> it back? Won. Oh, my God. Oh, let's take a moment. Let's let's take a moment. Let's take a moment and talk about the power that Curtis wields over the tertiary TV over the air market in certain small markets. Holy shit. I can't believe they brought it back for you. It wasn't even KRBK that brought it back. It was like KRFT. It was just like right. the station that the other stations that had Dabble and yep. KRBK is like, we're going to have Dabble now. They're like, you know what? Fuck you guys. We're going to bring movies back. And nice. they did. And we were watching it today. Um, also, I got my second COVID shot Saturday. It kicked nice. my ass. Yeah, the second so one's a bitch. Time, it was awful. Yeah. So that entire Saturday and Sunday, I laid around just watching Facebook uh, live videos. Or not live videos, but watch parties. Right. And I watched what, the original Village of the Damned. I watched the original The Blob, the remake of The Blob, which is excellent. I had never really seen it before. I uh, watched uh, the... What else did I watch? I watched a bunch of old, old stuff. Burn Witch Burn, which was an interesting film. <laughs> and... <laughs> And um, when it comes to new content, I most recently saw the first episode of Resident Alien. Oh, yeah. What would you think? I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. 
So I'm, I'm going to try and keep up on that one. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Resident Alien, I, I forgot to mention, um, I did sit down for debris. Mm-hmm. And what'd you think? I, uh, I, I said I sat down. That's that's all I can say. I don't know if you actually watched it or if you just sat down and <laughs> did something else, played on your phone while it was on the background. And like, eh, you well. and I have <laughs> talked about about there's a right and a wrong way to to start a, sh- a series. Yeah, and I swear to God, we started in the middle of a conversation. Nice. And we started at that that lull in the conversation (laughs) right before the uh, seven second pause or whatever. Yeah. I wish them well. I can see they have a story. I can see there's a direction. Right. Um, And it's a big direction, but they picked the worst place to start that direction. They just, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, three episodes. Got to give me so much money and a bad idea. Yeah, that's true. How about, how about you, Brad? What have you been up to? I watched the uh, the first two episodes of that Resident Alien because they've got the mm-hmm. first two episodes on the Sci-Fi right. YouTube channel, like the full episode. So I watched them there, and I've enjoyed it um, so far. I haven't caught up on the rest of the series yet because I don't have the Sci-Fi channel, but uh, hopefully I'll be able to catch it somewhere. Um, but yeah, really enjoyed that. And then I took a chance on Clarice, even though I knew I wasn't gonna like it. <laughs> they suckered you in, did they? <laughs> That's awesome. And then I watched it. It's like, well, I, I'll give it a fucking chance. And right. I watched it. It's like, wow, they are leaning so hard into nostalgia for this fucking 30 year old movie. Yep. Like casting people that look as close to fucking Jodie Foster and Ted Levine and shit like that. Well, you, you kind of you kind of figured they were going to do that. Yeah. Well, they got an Australian actress doing her best Jodie Foster impersonation, which sometimes comes off as Holly Hunter, but whatever. And then <laughs> the, the, the fucking show over explains everything. And it's just annoys the shit out of me. Like it's got a real exposition problem. It doesn't trust its audience to be able to figure shit out. And when these people are supposed to be like the best of the best at hunting criminals and they have to spell everything out before, like they act like they don't know what's happening. So they have to spell it out before they know what's happening. And it's like, God damn it, I figured it out five minutes ago. And these people who are supposed to be smarter than me are still figuring out the killers inside the fucking house. Someone's got a lot of anger. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel. I haven't watched the most recent episode yet, but like I've watched the first couple. It's been pissing me off. I I don't think you should keep watching it. (laughs) (laughs) If you got got that much passion about a shitty episode, I mean... I will give them credit that they, on the casting front, they knew what they were doing. Like they wanted it to feel, look and feel like the movie, and they achieved that. And they, what the fuck are you doing, guys? Don't worry about this. Well, anyway, and they, um, I don't know. It's just the writing of it that's bad. And I will say, they don't have the rights to Jack Crawford, and they don't have the rights to Hannibal Lecter. Right. And they've come up with a creative solution to get the Clary Starling character out of the BSU, which is right. where, like the behavioral science unit that Jack Crawford voted had it. And I was like, okay, they came up probably using the Ruth Martin character. They got her working at Bicap or whatever. Okay, I'll give them props for creativity on figuring out that problem, but just the writing itself is bad. They need to trust their audience to not be complete fucking morons. You know, you don't there have to spell out everything. Funny. 
that's a, that's a very commonplace decision. Um, I was I was talking to some friends the other day about David coming back and they and they're hitting your head with it. And I said, wouldn't it have been smarter and funner to surprise people with it? Right. And they and they like I said they're hitting you over the head with the fact that David's coming back. I'm like, no, just. Because first of all, you're not so. So if you don't get the viewership on the episode, you're gonna make up on it on on the streaming and the reruns because people are because the next day they're gonna be like, "Holy crap! What happened to surprise? Surprise still works in my opinion." Yep. And no one is using it because they don't have the guts to do it anymore. See, Walking Dead used to surprise a lot, but yeah, yeah. but even they don't anymore. Yeah, I think the last yeah. television surprise was the Luke Skywalker cameo at the end of Mandalorian season two. That was the last yeah. surprise well, moment. The fuck. Well, <laughs> two, two, two months well, into on, it. Hold on. The Walking Dead just surprised their audience with Maggie. No, that wasn't a surprise. They've been that's that been in a surprise. I dude, they, that. that's, that's been in the they, that's been advertised. Yeah, so they advertised so that I the, the whole I time. I, I literally caught I think the per- first episode back, and she was right. terrible. Yeah. Um, the whole that's landscape kind of was terrible. To say. No, that's what they were trying. No, that's what they were going for. It's been a rough, oh, a, a rough life. Terrible. Yeah, okay. it's been a rough <laughs> life for Maggie. Well, well the, to me, the whole landscape looks different. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of. It's been ten years. There was a crossover <laughs> episode where they were they were sending Morgan, right to um, to fear, and it literally the for Maggie's first episode reminded me of that episode. Right, and I'm like, all right, they've drawn me back in. I want to see what's going on. Because I, all I, because all we waited for was to see Maggie talk to Negan, right? And it didn't, and it, and it I will admit, they did see people on the clip for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. One what, more that, thing, no surprise. I, yeah, go ahead. One more thing, I did uh, check out Paramount Plus launch today. Yeah, so that was today. Make, make sure if you have a Roku that you go in and update your system settings. That's the only way to get the app to roll over from CBS All Access to Paramount Plus. Pro tip there for those of you who are wondering where your Paramount Plus is. Go ahead, Brandon. Because I had CBS All Access up until mm-hmm. this point for uh, for like a couple months, and yep. I I subs- I kept subscribing. I actually. Long story short, I switched deals and I got the deal that they've been promoting 50% off the first year. And I was like, I like what they have on there already. I wish they had more, like from when it was CBS All Access like a day ago. Right. And then when it switched over to Paramount Plus, literally everything was the same. Yeah. There was no added content other than their originals. It looks exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. They were boasting like 30,000 new episodes or, or a total of that. So you were expecting they would add content on there and it was just the exact same. And it was, it was a bit of a disappointment for waiting up until 2 a.m. to just see, oh, it's the same old shit. Yep. Fun shit. But the, but same. the same. Absolutely nothing it's different. Not like, Other than, I, went a whole, <laughs> I went on a whole rant on Twitter. Joey liked it yesterday uh, <laughs> about hoping that there'd be more game shows on there because there's really not any. Yeah, there's not. No, there's no. They don't give a fuck. I hope they add, because Paramount has a rich library and whatnot, especially on the Nickelodeon side for game shows and whatnot. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully they'll do what Disney does and just slowly start adding things. I'm sure they will. And everything. What's Can that? you look and see what episodes of Beavis and Butthead they have on there? If they have yeah, all the episodes or if it's just a few. 
Right. I don't. Yeah, I, you don't I, have to do I, that. Right. I, now. I will. I will let somebody do that. I unfortunately no, can't do that because it is time for another round of picks yeah. in our March of Madness tournament. Let's do this shit. Here we go. We are moving into the second poll, our second poll that you'll be able to vote on. Uh, it starts with the number eight pick. This number eight pick comes from our friend Jason Meiske with the Sample Chapter podcast at Chapter Sample on Twitter. Uh, and, of course, you can find his work also at popgoestheculture.com. He took, with the number eight pick, the 1997 movie The Fifth Element. That is the number yeah, eight overall pick. Nice. At uh, number this this, this this poll is going to be interesting. I'm this was a fun one. I think this is this might be the closest. <laughs> yeah. Look, just looking through them. Uh, at number yeah. nine, the number nine pick uh, comes from our buddy Clay Street with Two Dads Review Podcast. You can follow them at Two Dads Review on Twitter. You can find them at Two Dads dot com. Oh, and over at popgoesculture dot com. Uh, with the number nine pick, they took uh, from nineteen ninety three the movie Tombstone. Three words. I'm I'm your Huckleberry. That's all they had to say about that. Good pick. At number 24, our friend and co-host, K-Dub, Kenny, who will be joining us later tonight, uh, he took, with the number 24 pick, the 1993 movie Army of Darkness. That's another another cult classic pick there. A good pick at number 24. And then at number 25, right after him, uh, our buddy KJ over at uh, on Twitter. You can find her at KJ on air. You can find her KJ on air dot com. Uh, part of the kind of nerdy girls podcast. Uh, she works over at Shine 99 Pet Pals TV. She does a whole lot of shit. Uh, she's a good person. We love her. And she took at the number 25 pick the 1997 film. Men in Black. So she's got to represent yeah. the sci-fi here. And how great was the teaming up of Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones? Always a fun movie to revisit. So our second poll, the number eight pick, The Fifth Element. The number nine pick, Tombstone. The number 24 pick, Army of Darkness. And the number 25 pick, Men in Black. Whole lot of fantasy and sci-fi and a little bit of Western in there. Yeah. A little bit of horror, a little bit of Western, a lot of sci-fi. Jumping out at you, a little bit of everything. So, what movie jumps out at you from this one? Because, like Curtis said, this may be the this, closest one we get. This is a hard one for me. I mean, I, I like pretty much all of these movies. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's, it's not as hard for me as it should be. Because I'll tell you my nerd secret. I thought Fifth Element was a horrible movie. There you go. Well, Fifth Element is my pick. So fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> there I you just, go. I just, I just really didn't get it. I didn't like it. I. I I, I see why everybody gets it. It just wasn't for me. Right. Um, I, I, I am very proud of the – I thought that uh, that their take on Men in Black was – I would have never thought to do Men in Black as a comedy. Right. Yeah, Men in Black Cause, was cause up yeah. to that really point – Better than it had any rights. Yeah, the, right. the comic was not a comedy. Point, yeah. Up to that point, you, you were going to either get like an X-Files kind of – Right. You know, uh, suspense thing. You know, there's all kinds of directions they could have taken. And funny was not the direction I was expecting. And it hit me like a ton of bricks and I love it. So we got Men in Black. We got The Fifth Element. What do you think, Brandon? Uh, I've only seen the first 20 minutes of Men in Black. And that's the only part of any of these movies I've seen. All right. Well, fair enough. Go. Curtis, what do you got? Um, I love me some Tombstone, but mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go with Army of Darkness just because fucking, you know, Bruce Campbell's groovy. There you go. Gonna be gonna be a close one. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Yes, it is. 
Tombstone, Tombstone would be, be a, a, a like dead heat second choice for me because yeah, God, that's, that that's hard. Still, it's still iconic. That's, that's yeah. another one of those movies that's like it's better than it has any right to be. Cause, Absolutely. You know, we we could we we saw what happened in the hands of other people and yeah. we got Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp. Yeah. Everyone, everyone hated it. Oh, speaking of which, uh, honestly, <laughs> there you I, go. Wyatt Earp has absolutely nothing to do with that movie, in my opinion. Val Kilmer makes that freaking movie. Oh yeah, no, it's it's a great flick. A lot of good action. Uh, a lot of good performances as well. <laughs> So that's your number two poll. That is the we. So we got our first four. We've got our second four. Let's do what we do. Let's pause here. Let's take a moment and look at the top three stories in entertainment and pop culture from this week. At number three, this will be of interest to me and Curtis, and that's probably it. Uh, At number three, Shudder, the streaming platform, has announced their April halfway to Halloween lineup, which includes new seasons of Creepshow, new seasons of The Last Drive-In, which, spoiler, we'll be doing watch parties of that throughout the month of April. Exclusives like uh, they are going to have the exclusive uh, rights to Peninsula, the sequel to Train to Busan, which is not... It's 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 not it's not Train to Busan. <laughs> it's Peninsula. It's oh, didn't some, you didn't you see this one? And you didn't I, like it as well. It's not it, well. It's hard to beat Train to Busan because that's a great flick, um, and it doesn't try to. It tries it tries to go a different direction. Uh, a slew of 1940s horror films in the Val Luton collection, and the 2021 Fangoria Chainsaw Awards, hosted by our friend of the show, our buddy David Desmalchin, will be hosting that. And the documentary In Search of Darkness Part 2. I don't know if you've seen In Search of Darkness on Shudder. It is a, about a three-hour-long documentary of 80s horror movies. Um, mm-hmm. They take like two or three movies from each year, and they kind of break them down, talk about them. Not in real great detail, because that would be a much longer documentary. Um, but it's really fucking good. It's a really good documentary, so I'm glad to see they're doing a second part of that. That is nice. your number three in entertainment pop culture this week. At number two, this one will likely generate some discussion. At number two, Jar Jar Abrams, J.J. Abrams is producing a new Superman movie for Warner Brothers, written by author and comic book writer Tanasi Coates. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter seems to be confirming that the movie could feature a black Superman, which is something that Michael B. Jordan has been trying to get off the ground for years yeah. now. But which one? Uh, there, there's, there's rumors. Yeah, there's rumors it could be uh, Valzad. There's, there's so many. They don't, they don't know. They don't have a story. Didn't they deny, yet. Didn't they deny Patty Jenkins a black Superman? Uh, there have been I've this thing. Yeah, this thing has been bouncing around Hollywood for at least five years now, um, with different versions, different Superman, different people attached to it. So apparently, Can we uh, get someone other than Jay there's, there's only really <laughs> if he's just a producer. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of different Black Batman sto- or Superman stories that are are worthy to do. So it's just a matter of which one they choose and if they do it right. Yeah. Who would you ask? Cast? Would you go with? Go ahead. Who would you cast? Would you go with Michael B. Jordan? Or? No, I wouldn't. I would. <laughs> He's not big I, enough. Well, he can get big. I'm not worried about that. But I don't. I think I they're. Am. Yeah, he can. Yeah, he can, Joey. <laughs> Superman's not. Here's the thing, though. Superman's not supposed to be big. How is Superman going to lift weights? How is Superman? How is Superman gonna bulk up? How is super? You know, I mean, that's what I'm saying. They're, they, what's Superman going to do to lift? 
Superman should be and that's the thing that's the thing about like right but that's the thing about like Christopher Reeve was not cut Christopher Reeve was an average dude he was was tall six something wasn't he yeah he was tall yeah he was tall that's all he had going for him my main criteria you know who could do it who who could have the stature to do it even though I think he'll be way too old at the time uh the guy that plays John Diggle oh right yeah yeah yeah, he but could. I think he'll be too old at the time. Well, and he's so tied up to everything else going on over on CWville. Um, but yeah, I mean, there there are different stories you could do. If it was me, I wouldn't do a. So, I would not try to adapt one of the existing Black Superman stories. If you were going to base it on a an existing comic book property, uh, there was a crossover in ninety. I'll forget the date. Hawk may know this. Um, when they were trying to bring the Milestone universe, which they just relaunched nice. at DC, uh, the Icon uh, Superman crossover that they did, where you've got these two characters, because people are still like, we don't want to lose Henry Cavill, and I don't blame them. I mean, I would rather them do Icon personally. Yeah, I would. I would rather see if they're going to do a Black Superman story. Do and do something based on since they own milestone comics as well or do a henry cavill superman and whoever you cast as your black superman and do that crossover comparison do that whole you know do that story i'm willing to take the grief if they were and and say this and and i you know if you don't like it blame joey um yeah wait what we don't need a black (laughs) superman we need an icon Mm mm-hmm Exactly. We need, we need to develop the icon character too. Which may, which makes me wonder if that's really what they're planning to do with this, but it's easier to sell if you say we're doing Black Superman to a public see, to a public that develop. doesn't know to a public that doesn't know icon, which is honestly that's it's a small percentage of the population that knows who and what icon is. Right. It's it's yeah. it's more it's more palatable to the average moviegoer who's who's Warner Brothers targeting to say a JJ Abrams Black Superman than it is to say Say a Tanasi Coates icon. One of those will get people to show up. One of those will get a smaller percentage of people to show up. I recall that they fought at least two times, and I got to tell you, I was very excited the first time they fought. I'm like, all right, finally. Yeah. And then it turned out to be a non-starter. I was really pissed off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and th- and that and that crossover was not so much about the fight as it was the yeah. You know what's the difference between a white Kryptonian versus a black man girl, you know, the sa- it's the same origin story. Well, you just have two different did, perspectives on what it means to be an alien in America. Well, if they did earth Two Valzad, that means yep. they could also be power girl though too. Right. Yeah. That's what, there's so Which many I different mean, ways they can go. Yeah. I'd be thrilled to see that. Yep. Very good. Because I don't think there's anybody who have the guts to do her actual costume. <laughs> Unless you're <laughs> no. cosplay. Right. <laughs> I mean, we could put Kenny in our costume. Hey. You love that. <laughs> Let's see. That's your number two story this week. And the number one story from this week, it's really a non-story, but it's a story. It's the number one. We had the Golden Globe Awards last Sunday. Ah! 
We're not going to run down every category. The big winners on the television side included The Crown, The Queen's Gambit, and Schitt's Creek. They were getting their victory lap now that Schitt's Creek is finished. Uh, on the film side, uh, Chloe Zhao, who's directing or has directed already uh, The Eternals for Marvel, won Best Director and Best Picture for Nomadland. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen won as Best Actor and uh, Borat's two we'll call it that uh, one for one. one for best picture musical or comedy uh, our best actresses included Andra Day, Rosamund Pike, and Jodie Foster. Best actors included Chadwick Boseman, uh, Daniel Kaluuya, and Aaron Sorkin for screenplay. Trent Reznor, Atticus Rocks, and John Batiste for original score. Uh, Minari for best foreign movie. So without running down everything, um, it kind of played out about the way we thought it would uh viewership yep. they lost about two-thirds of their normal viewership uh so only about a third of the people that normally watch the golden globes tuned in for this one um the golden globes are kind of a joke but that yeah, it happened it took place uh, the first big award season leading into the oscar season uh, anything there that anybody wants to jump on are they and talk even about do a tony's this year uh, they no they can't yeah tony's yeah broadway's been dark since March of last year, so yeah, there's no... They have March nominations out for the previous year. Right. And they're trying to do something, I wouldn't but... even bother. Yeah, I would just I wait. Would, uh, I would, you know what I, I would, would do? You know what? I wouldn't do the Oscars either, to be honest. I, I would, mean, you're just... I or, would do a Broadway promotional special episode thing mm -hmm. and not do... Uh, uh, the Tonys. It's just... You yeah, know. take, well, they, take, the, take well, your they, slot. They have nominations, so there's probably going to give some awards out for because because there's a whole year of Broadway that hasn't gotten recognized yet. Right. So so they're going to do that. But the, yeah. <laughs> I I so think I think that, it's a I think it's a bad year for the, awards. <laughs> Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. I, I except for maybe the the, the awards that ESPN gives out cuz right cuz sports actually played. <laughs> right, cuz that sports Hello. continued. Yeah. I was watching basketball the other day. And am I wrong? Are they piping in sounds? Yes, they are. Yeah. yeah, they are. They're doing How it with every... How wild yeah. is that? They're piping in background noise. <laughs> yeah. You got to pretend. You got to make it look and feel. Yep. Oh, oh my well. God. It's crazy. Uh, so I, was those... watching, I was watching Dennis yeah. and they were piping in sound. I'm like, <laughs> it's quiet when you watch tennis. Why are you <laughs> they, You know what? It's, we laugh at... <laughs> We laugh about it, but oh. the but the Masters has been busted for years for piping in bird sound for their television broadcasts of a fucking golf tournament. So that's been going on for years. They've been called out on that. So that, this is just the next step, I guess, in that. But that's your top three stories in entertainment and pop culture from the week that was. Oh, shit. We got another poll, another March Madness poll to talk about. Moving into... Moving into our third poll of the night, here are the draft choices. At number five, the number five overall pick made by our friend and two-time Branson Comedian of the Year, Derek Zhu. Uh, you can follow him at Derek Zhu on Twitter. You can find more information. You can book him for uh, for a comedy show uh, at DerekZhu.com. He chose with the number five pick from 1994, The Shawshank Redemption. A strong Great pick choice. at number five. At number 12, uh, our own uh, lost to the Sands of Time co-host, Dusty Trails. Uh, he took with the number 12 pick from 1995, 
This felt like a little high to me at the number 12 pick, but he took Tommy Boy from 1995, starring Chris Farley, David Spade. How and he because that's his favorite from the movies that were left uh, at to the twenty first pick. Uh, our buddy uh, Brendan Meckel, sorry Meckelaney, tried to talk too fast with a dry mouth. Let me take a drink. Hold on, uh, Brendan over. Uh, I know Brendan over uh, with <laughs> Real Review Real Dash Review dot com. You can follow him on Twitter at Real Review One. Uh, he you know runs that site out of Scotland. Took. The Mask of Zorro from 1998 with uh, Antonio Banderas. Uh, One of of the best action movies of all time, he says. Everything from the fight choreography to its amazing musical score makes it a classic. Taking that with the 21st pick and then the last pick in this poll, uh, the number 28 pick comes from our own popgoesthaculture.com crafting cooking cocktails queen, our diva Tara Reyes, takes uh, with uh, the uh, number 28 overall pick from 1997. She takes Hercules, the animated Disney film. So our third... Our third poll, so our third poll has our third poll has at number five the Shawshank Redemption, at number twelve, Tommy Boy, number twenty one, The Mask of Zorro, and number twenty eight, Hercules. Which one of those immediately jumps out to you as the favorite? Go around. What do you got? Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy, Shawshank. Shawshank. Tommy Boy. I'm hearing a lot of Shawshank. Um, Hercules. While, Hercules and Mask of Zorro. While I really wanted Zorro to be great, yeah, Zorro, Mask of Zorro. Yeah, it was just <laughs> I already forgot. Yeah, I was so enamored by Zorro, I forgot about it. There you I go. Wanted, <laughs> two of my biggest disappointments in my life was the Mask of Zorro and the Lone Ranger. Yeah, yeah, I would call the Lone Ranger a bigger disappointment. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah obviously, Lone Ranger was just hard. I'm surprised hard that yeah. anybody was going to like the Lone Ranger, and I've never <laughs> even seen it. Yeah. Well, let's talk. take a break here. Uh, we talked about the top three stories in entertainment and pop culture. I know you guys have been watching stories, uh, news headlines as well. Uh, Brandon, what do you got for us this week? What uh, What's the story that's uh, grabbed your attention in entertainment and pop culture this week? Okay, so I saw this, and me and my dad were happy about this. Uh, Seth Meyers, host of NBC's Late Night with Seth Meyers, has uh, re-upped his contract, signed a new one that will uh, keep him hosting that show through 2025. He took over the show only a few weeks ago back in 2014. So A few weeks ago? Holy shit. I know we've been in lockdown for a minute, but (laughs) it's felt like it's been... (laughs) There you go. I think it was like February 24th, 2014. I got you. So he's been hosting that that show for about seven years now. Craziness. And he does a great job over there. So we'll be seeing him doing the late night show at least through 2025. I think that would be 11 years since he started. That would tie David Letterman's record of 11 years on the late night or on the late show, excuse me, over on NBC. You know, on, so. Oh, no, yeah, on late night because yeah. he did late show for much longer. Right. Yeah. Yep. So 11 years at NBC and that gig and that time slot uh, would tie Letterman's. Curtis, what about you? This is a story that you were watching. I know last week, uh, like I said, we didn't meet last week. Um, so I know this one's maybe a little bit older, but for those who, uh, who haven't been listening to this show uh, regularly? You are a big Jim Morrison fan, we know. Tell us what you've been watching this week. 
Well, I felt like since the Doors won the poll and whatnot, um, <laughs> I'd say something. <laughs> the, oh, a massive man. new collection of Jim Morrison's writings are to be released on June 8th by Harper Collins. The collected works of Jim Morrison, poetry, journals, transcripts, and lyrics, promises to be something of a Morrison motherlode. At nearly 600 pages long, the book, compiled with the cooperation of his estate, pulls together most of his previous published work from song lyrics to poetry, as well as an entirety of new uh, published writings and collections. It'll be called The Wilderness and The American Night. I think that's what it is. Well, no, yeah, I guess what, that's what they're pulling. Yeah, that's what they're pulling from. Yeah. Yeah, it's called 600 pages of rhyming fire with fire. <laughs> no, it's, it's pulling collections from Wilderness and yeah. the American Night as well. Oh. Yeah, but uh, I was I was thinking they were calling it Wilderness because that's what people who read it would be. They'd be lost in the Roman wilderness of pain. Oh, look at him. He's quoting the toys. Wow. All right. Fair enough. Let's, uh, let's, I'm just oh, gonna go ahead and say that. Oh, hold on, Curtis, you're getting cut off. Sorry, that's all we're gonna talk about, Jim Doris, this tonight. Sorry, no more Doris talk. That 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 ship has sailed. Let me see. What's this mute button do here? Hold on. <laughs> there we go. All right, let's move on to our next poll. We are uh, at the number four, the fourth poll of the night, starting with the number four pick from our also. Hey, easy there. Also, uh, from one of our co-hosts who's no longer on the show right now. She's taking a little bit of a break while she goes back to school and does that important healthcare work. Uh, but Cinnamon, our co-host with the number four pick. Holy shit. So only three other movies were taken off the board when she made this pick from 1991. She took My Girl. What and is it, My Girl? My yeah. Girl. Wow. With the uh, yeah the with uh, temptations right no no oh, okay. it's the one yeah the the, uh, the movie with Macaulay Culkin My and uh, Anna Chomsky that's the number four pick number thirteen pick comes from our buddy Curtis here who took yeah, the nineteen ninety nine film Fight Club anything you want to say about Fight Club his name is Robert Paulson his name is Robert Paulson. This is, His this name is, is Robert Paulson. We got you. Where'd that mute button go again? Oh, there we go. Uh, oh, hey, what do you got? No. <laughs> All right. So uh, it's just it's like yeah, it's the ahead. perfect pick for to end the '90s with. You know, it's just a movie about misplaced uh, youth, pretty much. Pretty much, if you're lost in society, there go we go join a fight club. A cause, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but for the '90s, there fight you club. Go. <laughs> Great pick. At Real number, yeah, don't tell Curtis. At number 20, uh, our own co-host, Caleb Smothers, who couldn't join us tonight, he took the 1998 film Saving Private Ryan. He says the... He says the opening Normandy scene is fucking intense and has great pacing all throughout. Plus, of course, Tom Hanks being Tom Hanks. That's the number 20 pick. And finishing up this poll with the number 29 pick. 
Uh, this pick comes to us from Heather Wixom. You can follow her at the horror chick on Twitter. She, of course, is the managing editor at Daily Dead News. She's a special effects industry historian, member of the Hollywood Critics Association. She took the 1991 film. So this is the second 1991 film in this poll. Uh, at number 29, she took the 1991 film Point Break. She says one of the best action movies of the decade that helped redefine action cinema as we know it. So that is the fourth poll that you'll get to vote in this week that includes the number four pick My Girl, the number 13 pick Fight Club, the number 20 pick Saving Private Ryan, and the number 29 pick Point Break. We know Curtis's thoughts because he's picking in this poll. Everybody else, is there any one of these that jumps out at you as a, as a potential front runner? Point I don't break. want to talk about it. <laughs> right. Ryan has has a few issues with it, but it's still an amazing movie. Right. Um, We're not supposed to talk about Fight Club, right? No, no, we don't talk about it. But you mentioned I, it. I will. I, I'm gonna. You can I'm vote for it. For Fight Club. <laughs> Fight Club. Else. All right. So Brandon Fight and Hawk are talking Fight Club. Stuff, no, no, I've never seen any of Fight these movies. Club. Okay. Fight also. Club is iconic. Yeah. What do you got, Kenny? Fight Club. Fight Club. Brad, what do you think, Brad? Uh, either Private Ryan or Fight Club. I've never seen My Girl. And what was the other one? Point Break. Point Break. Point Break. Uh, uh, yeah, I've never seen that one either. Point Break is iconic. It just doesn't I'd, have the legs to last. I'd vote for Point Break just because we're not asking for best. We're not asking for, you know, we're... If, if I if, if yeah if these three if these four movies are on right now and I'm flipping the channels and I'm like okay my girl's on clicker uh, fight right. club clicker saving private Ryan clicker point break I land on point break so that's what I would have to vote maybe for, I yeah. should be voting for the worst ones that way my pick potentially if it advances <laughs> we'll get there be we'll get to your picks here in a minute <laughs> all right we I mean, are gonna take gonna private Ryan is great. Yeah, it is. It is a good flick. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, after the break, we're going to take a look at what's coming up in the next week in entertainment and pop culture. We're going to talk about the second half of our draft picks and our polls. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back right after this. Hello, friends. My name is Jason A. Meiske. I'm a thriller author and the host of the Sample Chapter Podcast. I'd like to invite you to join me each week as I introduce you to authors from all over the world. Together we have a nice little chat before the guest author reads a sample chapter from one of their books. There's been sci-fi, westerns, romance, horror, thrillers, and even the weird. There's names you don't know and for sure several that you do. And with over 100 episodes so far, you're sure to find a new favorite book. So come on over and join us every Tuesday on the Sample Chapter Podcast. All right, let's get right back into this thing with the fifth poll of this draft. This is going to include uh, starting off with the number three pick. The number three pick comes from our friend Gerald Morris over with Two Peas on a Podcast. You can follow them at Two Peas on a Pod. Uh, he's been on our show. I've been on his show a time or two. So uh, his pick at the number three spot was the 1994 film Pulp Fiction going at number three. At 
At number 14, this pick comes from uh, Brandon, who's on the show right now. He took 1992's Wayne's World. Is there anything you want to say about Wayne's World in defense of your pick? Or to support yeah, your pick? I just, Swing! Uh, <laughs> Swing! Yes. I just watched uh, it today, actually, in preparation, because uh, I haven't seen it for a while. It used to be a tradition for me, like, uh, on the last day of school every year for like a good five years or so, I would watch Wayne's World and Wayne's World 2 back to back. Like when I get home from that last day, that's, that was my tradition. It's one of the best SNL movie adaptions. Um, and it has, uh, the characters are well cast outside of Wayne and Garth and, uh, many memorable moments. Uh, and so are you saying uh, Wayne and Garth aren't well cast? No, no. I mean, like, I'm saying they are. I'm saying they, they, are, but they I'm saying and others. Of, yeah. I'm saying outside of the two that were already established, everybody is so well cast in their characters. I usually only, I usually like couldn't, couldn't separate them with anybody else playing those characters. I just think everybody outside of Wayne and Garth who are great. I love Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. I'm saying everybody else was so well placed around them. Yeah, like uh, Ed O'Neill. Made the world <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ed O'Neill. <laughs> and I only realized that was Ed O'Neill like once Modern Family premiered, but obviously I'm young, so. <laughs> there you go. So that's the number 14 uh, pick. tell everyone that every time? <laughs> <laughs> you you know, show. Brandon's the youngest guy on the show. Well, yeah, you haven't said it in a couple weeks because we didn't do one last week. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon's young. He is the youngest guy on this show, so just so I, you know. I, I think you and I are one year apart. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't hear me bring it up. Because you are not the youngest person on the show. Dude, I, also, I am so tempted to get something made up. I hate you all. <laughs> well, we need a countdown timer. We need a timer in the background with like his date of birth and just no, no, like the second since he was born. <laughs> Like how many times it was mentioned? There you go, a count, a running total at the bottom of the of the screen. There you go. Yeah, uh, like at, game shows and how young I am. There you go. Uh, with the number nineteen pick, number nineteen pick from the good folks over at the Plunge Podcast. You can follow them at Plunge Podcast on Twitter, uh, plungepodcast.com. With the number nineteen pick, they took nineteen ninety four's The Lion King at number nineteen. And finally, in this round, in this poll, this fifth poll, with the number 30 pick, the random number generator did not do you any favors. Hawk, with the number 30 pick, with uh, Fanatics and the Fan, which you can follow at Fanatics and Fan on Twitter, took the 1998 film Armageddon. Do you want to talk about your pick there, Hawk? I mean, my, my, you know, you know, I was going to go as nerdy as possible, and... I remember because remember that that time period there were wars for every 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 movie had two or three of them. Right. And Armageddon, Armageddon won that war in my opinion. It was it 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 ticked all the boxes. It was uh, a great movie in my opinion. Yeah, I'm trying to ignore him. Yeah, Curtis and his uh, backgrounds. And, I mean, let's face it, the movie made grown men cry. So. That it did at the end. Stones did that. Oh. It's. All right. 
<laughs> oh, yes. You don't want to be seen crying in the theater. Um, but you know what? Lion King can do that shit, too, if you're not careful. All right. So that's our... That's our fifth poll. Hold on. Let's talk. Let's talk about it. We got our fifth poll. We've got the number three pick Pulp Fiction. We got the number 14 pick Wayne's World. We've got the number 19 pick The Lion King and the number 30 pick Armageddon. A couple of you guys have pulp picks here, so I'm going to pull Brandon and Hawk away from the discussion. So between Kenny, Brad, Curtis, and I, any one of those jump out to you as a front runner. Your favorite I, um, of those four. Go ahead. Pulp Fiction was my pick, but right. someone got there first. Yep. I, I love Pulp Fiction. Uh, I don't know what else to say about it other than it's just kind of a great little movie. There great little go. independent movie. Um, about, I, what, I will say a close second yeah. is probably Armageddon. It's probably the one Michael Bay movie that I really like. Right on. How about you, Brad? What do you it's say out of that group? What do you got out of this group, Brad? I don't know. <laughs> okay, Lion fair King, enough. Pulp Fiction, Armageddon. And Wayne's World. Uh, Wayne's World. Fuck it, I'll go with Wayne's World. No one else will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The balls to stand up and speak his convictions. I like Wayne's World so better. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Kenny, how about you? What do you got out of this group? Uh, 100% Pulp Fiction for me. Yeah, yeah, I go the Lion King. I'll take the Lion King out of that one just to change it up. All right, let's get back to the news. Kenny, I know you've been watching a story uh, that's close to our hearts since we've done uh, some other podcasts with our friends over at the Alamo Draft House. Tell us a little bit about what you've been watching this week. Yeah, the Alamo Draft House Cinema, they uh, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And uh, it's kind of bad because, you know, in 2019, they had one of their most successful years ever. And then 2020 hit with the coronavirus. And of course, people couldn't go. And that hit them hard. And they were, uh, they closed three of the theaters, including one that was down their way. And, uh, but they, uh, part of their success in 2019 was they opened the Alamo out in LA. And uh, that does, did killer business form stuff and they're hoping that with a lot of the states that are reopening their theaters like texas and uh, uh new york stuff like that that they'll open them out there and they're hoping that if they do then that's a big enough draw that it'll keep them afloat so you know it, I hope so. They're a good business and fun experience going there, and I wish them all the best. Yeah. Has anyone talked to Jen about yeah. what's going to happen with ours? Yes, I have. Uh, all, Alamos are franchises, so, I mean, it's, it's an individual or a group, a collective that buys the rights to franchise and slap the Alamo name on a theater property. Um, and so uh, according, according to uh, our insiders at the Alamo, uh, the Springfield franchise is not, I mean, I mean, it's not in a good spot. They tried to reopen in the fall when movies were supposed to come out about, you know, they opened up a couple of weeks just to kind of get people trained and get back on their feet. Um, they opened a couple of weeks ahead of Tenet's release and the New Mutants and some of those films that came out right around the end of August, 1st of September. Um, but there's just not enough business. There wasn't enough business. There wasn't enough new films out. Um, the Alamo, doing what they do best, tried to generate some buzz and some revenue, some uh, attendance with older films, having their different film series and stuff. Stuff, but with you know 
with capacity being capped at certain amounts and with people having to wear masks. And again, because the, they, they did not open up to the full menu that they, that they have because they couldn't afford to. You can't have all of that staff and all of those different, you know, food products sitting in your freezer hoping that somebody shows up. Um, so they, they had to shut it back down again within like a month or two. Um, so it's not a good spot to be in, but, uh, from what I understand, as soon as, as soon as things start to open back up, uh, you know, they will, they are planning to, they had to, they had to lay off everybody. I mean, so that people could get unemployment, you could file for unemployment benefits. Um, so they are hoping at some point this year to, uh, to begin rehiring and retraining and getting ready to reopen. But it, a lot of it depends on it depends in part on the states and what their mandates are like you said texas is you know it's the fucking wild west at this point you know do whatever you want um but you know if the states have the states mandate things and you know if theaters if uh studios start putting movies back in theaters you know there's just not much on the schedule we've seen things that were scheduled for as late as like may of this year june of this year shifted back into the fall and winter so We'll see, man. I I feel for him because we obviously we love the Alamo. We had the Alamo, the the backlot by Alamo Draft House podcast going, uh, and we attempted. We were doing this podcast. We were we were recording yeah. at the Alamo when we were all together in person. Yeah, so I mean, we love the Alamo. We wish them the best. We hope that uh, you know, Chapter Eleven bankruptcy. What it is is it allows you to have protections from creditors. It allows you to continue to try and operate while working your way through a really shitty time a lot of a lot of businesses have gone through chapter 11 bankruptcy and come out on the other end so hopefully the alamo will come out uh, as successful or more so poised to uh drop some dead weight and and move forward with a, a leaner tighter uh plan going forward Brad, I know you. Uh, we we had to miss this one last week uh, because we didn't record. But I know it's something that you're wanting to talk about last week. So I'll give you an opportunity to uh, this week talking a little bit about uh, a new adaptation of an old uh, an old book and an old film. Uh, talking a little bit about Edgar Wright and The Running Man. What do you got? We got last week's script. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Here's here's uh, the whole script. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Paramount Pictures, I guess they're, they've made a deal with Edgar Wright to do a new adaptation of Stephen King's The Running Man. And I'm using the words new adaptation because they've made it clear that this is not a remake of the Schwarzenegger film. Right. And thank God for that. <laughs> what are you that. talking about? That's a fucking blast. Yeah, and that's a great, that's a great blast. bad movie. Yeah. I, but I get what he's saying. He it's read a right. very bad movie. I read yeah. the book before I realized there was a movie, and I watched the movie. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> oh, yeah, that movie like, is fantastic. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's, like it's a bunch of wrestlers wearing dumbass costumes all in one building. You go floor to floor. It's like, this is a horrible game show. The book, he's out in the real world, and people call it in. It's like, I saw that motherfucker. He's about to rape my sister. Right. It's literally like shit that happens in the book. And I actually like the best people movie like have to go hunt him down out in the real world. There's like the stakes are higher because there's a lot of collateral damage. <laughs> it's a yeah. much better book than it is a movie. <laughs> I saw that motherfucker. He's about three. That's a that's a that's a t-shirt. Well, I'm, I'm sort of but also not really. Shit like that would happen in that world because they lie about the person that's on right. the run and like say that he's like you know a better ass or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, anyway, 
what's interesting to me is the people that they've chosen to work on this one. Like, right. I'm on board for a, the idea of a new adaptation of this book, but Simon Kinberg as producer, I don't know how I feel <laughs> about that. And then yeah. Edgar Wright as director. I've All the Edgar Wright movies I've seen, I've loved. Right. But tonally, that's just a weird pick for this movie. We have to wait. Till, he's got a horror film coming, like a straight, is it like a horror, like straight horror film like coming out? Like a horror thriller, something like that. Right. Yeah, so but we'll see. Yeah, Everything that Edgar so Wright's done that I've seen so far is like an enjoyable, like fun movie experience. Yep. And the the book is <laughs> this not, is not a fun book. Fun no. experience. No. It's very dark. I wonder. Uh, I, well, I wonder about. Feel good. I wonder about uh, the ending of this movie. I wonder about the ending of this movie. Are we far enough? Are we? The, are we far enough out? Yeah, without far spoiling anything. Yeah, yeah, without spoil. Without spoiling anything. Yes. Are we? Are we far enough down the road to do the ending? Because because that ending mattered. I mean, that ending was important. And if they have to, if they che- if they choose to cheese ball that ending, it's going to lose something in the impact. So. Like if they're afraid of certain real blowback, events, like, right? I hope that they at least take what they what is achieved in that ending. They still right. do that ending from the book, just do it like by different means at the yeah. very least. Yeah, but but it'll, yeah, and it'll be the guy who's yeah. writing it, the guy that they got right now, who's supposed to write the adaptation, is the guy who did like he's worked on Project X and the Twenty One Jump Street movies and. Scott Pilgrim and like still just a weird choice to be working on this. You said Simon Simon Kinberg's producer. He's the one that uh, did Mike, the the guest, right? No, no. Did, uh, Simon Simon Dark Phoenix. And, Simon yeah. Kinberg does like he did. He directed Dark Phoenix uh, and like he's done a bunch of other comic. Uh, well, my excitement sank a little. See, it's so weird behind the uh, writer is right Michael now. Bacall. Yeah, yeah, Michael Bacall. It's it's like another weird choice to me. Like okay. I have faith in Edgar Wright as a filmmaker, but it's still just a weird pick in my yeah. mind. It, it is. It is weird. We'll see. Maybe they picked him to kind of punch up the tone a little bit. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. Well, they keep I mean, him around. I'm like, if they yeah. were doing a remake of the Schwarzenegger movie where it was cheesy and campy and just fucking retarded, excuse me, using <laughs> wow. That but, uh, <laughs> wow. If it was that, then it's like okay, Fuck Edgar yeah. Wright can make that fun and enjoy it <laughs> without just being a bad movie. Look, that's a Sorry. medical term. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hawk, I apologize. Hawk, Hawk take us home. Right hold on. Hawk's going to change the gear for us. Go, go ahead. Just one, one, one what? quick second. One quick what? Second. Get it. Time's I've up. I've with him my whole life. This is my brother. He's been bitching about this for at least 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> like, I loved this book when I first read it. I read it in, like, fifth grade. And I was like, this is amazing. And Where'd I, that mute button go? There we go. All right, Hawk, take us home. What story are you watching? This? What story are you watching this? I see a lot of middle fingers flying from that corner of the screen. Hawk, take us home. What do you got? Earlier this week, uh, you're, you're happy to know, and I don't know a lot of details, but I wish I had more information, but I am excited to announce that Wizard World has announced that San Diego Comic-Con. Not Wizard World. <laughs> Whoever, Com- Comic-Con, Comic-Con International. Comic-Con some, International. Some motherfucker. <laughs> has announced uh, Get it that right. uh, Daniel Comic-Con will be three days this year, and it will be an all-virtual convention. Yep. Uh, I, don't even, I, don't, I don't know if the prices or guests of any kind have been announced. This is going to be either really interesting 
or a complete hot mess. And well, when, when they when, when they did it last year, it was the latter, the complete hot mess. It was absolutely shit, terrible. Yeah. So there was some stuff last year that some some of the paid stuff that I didn't want to see. I didn't want to give him no money, but I did want to see it. So you know, you're kind of stuck in the middle there. You're like, I want I want to see it, but I don't want to give you money. So, well, I think I don't think they I don't think they were charging for anything last year though. I think it was all free. There just wasn't any content. Well, yeah, I thought some of the panels weren't weren't bad. The ones I watched, the ones I was interested in. I, yeah, you know, the action fan does a, uh, a Sega Comic Con show every year. Uh, <laughs> not last year. <laughs> no, not last year. We had a lot. We had a lot of fun. Um, and last year would have been a year that we should have done it. But I was not going to sit on a Zoom for that long. I didn't foresee them having anything interesting. And they didn't. Um, I don't foresee Panax and the fan doing that show this year. Uh, I think we'll wait till they go back to normal and go back to good. Because honestly, the last year that we did the show, the con was awful. Yeah. Actually, matter of fact, Joy, didn't we have a 10-minute discussion about how awful the con was? I think so. It was just like oh, yeah. the I don't. It was just like I don't care about the uh, Snyder cut, and then we spent like 10 minutes talking about it. We were like, "Wow, yes. this con, this con is awful. I don't even want to talk about it." And then we spent 10 minutes talking about how awful the con was. Hey guys, we're we're really Snyder good cut? at that. Shut fuck up about <laughs> where'd that mute button go? <laughs> Why do I gotta keep muting those guys down there in the corner? <laughs> Here's the connection of fan take on the scenario. Um, I like the I like I like and enjoy the virtual idea because that's what that's what we've been having to live with and, and as long as it's done well in that vein um, I'm happy and proud to announce that some friends of ours um, are going to be doing a virtual convention this year and you'll get to see virtual vision con again this year which an action fan will be involved with uh, in its usual capacity and maybe more uh, the last time we were all together. We did uh, trivia, and it was hugely successful. Well, we found a way to do it virtually as well, so I hope we get to do that. Cool. Uh, we're looking forward to hanging out with VisionCon and doing all that great stuff. Right on. I know that, uh, yeah, VisionCon's <laughs> – they've got some folks over there that are putting in the work. Our buddy Zach is throwing out yes. shitload of content for them. Uh yeah, it's not a specific like a weekend long virtual con. He's just he started that way, and then he just took it and ran with it. And he, like a couple times a week, he's throwing out new content, uh, new interviews with guests and stuff. So yeah, check that out as well. Uh, we'll certainly post more information about that as we uh, as we have some details. Every week, we ask you to tell us what you think are the top stories in entertainment and pop culture. If we use your suggestion, we give you a shout-out on that episode. Send us your suggestions on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for and follow us at PGTC Podcast. The links to all that and much more over at PopGoesTheCulture.com. Oh, shit, it's time. We got another poll to announce. This This will be our sixth poll of the night. It starts with a number six overall pick. The number six overall pick comes from our buddy Kyle Sutton over at My Drunk Movie Theater podcast. You can follow them at drunk underscore theater uh, up up Brandon's way up in the KC area. They took with the number six pick the 1994 film Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump at number six. Forrest Humps. Forest no, no Forest Gump. That that's that's the uh, that that was not ninety four, and that was uh, that was only on Pornhub. 
All right. At number 11, the number 11 pick comes from our friend Preston Burt, editor-in-chief over at Retrofied Magazine. You can find that at RetrofiedMag.com, co-founder of the Southern Fried Gaming Expo in Atlanta. I think they're doing a virtual thing this year as well. Co-host of the Wayback Attack podcast. Does a whole lot of stuff for us. Uh, he took from 1993, his favorite film of the 90s was Jurassic Park. He says well, it. Yeah, he, he says it proved the power of CGI in storytelling. There are very few bigger movies that exist than Jurassic Park. Well, at okay, at number twenty-two. The number 22 overall pick comes from, uh, again, another former guest of the show, film critic Chris Luzader. You can follow her at Chris the Critic. What is going What's on back doing? there? Time hey, that pause was, that, that. That's not me. I don't that's know. not us. Uh, uh, no, I know. I'm just saying whoever. <laughs> there you go. Our dog. It's time to feed the dog. So they're getting <laughs> I was wondering what the fuck that was. The dog's like, motherfucker. <laughs> They, uh, I watched you eat three hours ago. Jeez, I thought somebody was dying back there. It sounded like somebody was legit dying back there. All right. Uh, the number the number 22 pick comes from our friend Chris Luzader. Follow her at Chris the Critic on Twitter. She selected the 1996 film Jerry Maguire. Uh, she says uh, she literally... She literally talked to Tom Cruise about this being her favorite Tom yeah, Cruise flick. She did. She I, yes. Uh, look, she, I, she's, I look at Chris and I'm just like, I envy you. <laughs> yeah. I envy Why did that sound that, like a question? That no, was no, a. Uh, I envy you just a bit because it's Tom Cruise. You know, not yeah. so much Tom Cruise meeting, but I, you know, she, she's got all these stories about Tom Hanks and mm. all these celebrities that she meets, and I'm just like. Yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, Chris. <laughs> yeah. And uh, at the to round out this uh, sixth poll, the number twenty-seven pick comes from Brad Hargis over at the Cinema Guys podcast. You can follow them at the Cinema Guys on Twitter. We are the Cinema With the number twenty-seven pick, they took the nineteen ninety-six film Scream. So in this poll, you've got Forrest Gump. Jurassic Park, Jerry Maguire, and Scream. Out of those four, what jumps out to you as a potential Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Scary in the dark. I agree. But, okay, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and say this first. I love how in Scream, Deputy Dewey's going in the house. He's scared. He knows there's a murderer, but all you can hear is the Halloween theme playing because Halloween is on the TV. I love how meta that shit is, but I'm going with Jurassic Park. <laughs> After all of that, <laughs> I'm taking Jurassic Park. Uh, Kenny, what do you got? I, I enjoy Scream as well, but yeah, Jurassic um, Park. I would say Jurassic Park's a better argument for practical effects and CG, <laughs> like, but still, it's Jurassic Park. All right, Kenny, what do you got? Well, for me, it's Forrest Gump. Anytime that's on the TV, it catches me, and I have to watch it. I, I love that that's movie. Forrest Gump. Wait. I also had about seven three dog peppers that day. All right, fair enough. Say. All right, enough. Uh, Hawk, what do you got there? Out of these I four, like, well, first of all, I feel like all of these four are are iconic in their own way. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, Jurassic Park being the the nerdiest. Would would be my pick because it was groundbreaking. 
yep. the decisions that they made and the effects, and it changed the way we looked at a lot of science fiction. Same thing can be said about Forrest Gump, though. Yeah. I don't think Forrest Gump changed the way I look at science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I read Jurassic Park. Where'd that mute button go again? There it is. Hold on. There, I muted him again. There you go. Now the rest, now the adults can talk. Really respectful when everybody else talks. Brandon, what do you? I love Jurassic Park. Just saying. The way they did the effects in Forrest Gump. I mean, there were folks in the theater like, "Wow, that's really cool." How did they do that? Right. I love Forrest Gump. Don't get me wrong. I love it. Every movie wants people to wonder something. Mm-hmm. And you spent more of your time in Forrest Gump wondering about everything that they did. Oh, you're just like wondering how she got AIDS. It's a story. Yeah. Because it was that good. Brandon, what do you got? <laughs> Jurassic Park, only one I've seen. Jurassic Park. All right, fair enough. I think I'm going to go with... seen one of these movies, finally. I think I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Scream. Because uh, without Look, I, I without that. shut the fuck yeah. up, let him talk. <laughs> mute, mute is down again. I hit the mute button one more time. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> I'm going with Scream because Scream reinvigorated horror. Up to this point, horror uh, was bad sequels that had fuck all to do with the actual. Uh, the franchises that they were in. So, uh, yeah, Scream Scream got meta, and it reinvigorated horror. It made horror smart and fun and funny again, uh, as opposed to, you know, oh, look, it's Friday the 13th Part 87, and it's Nightmare on Elm Street Part 70, 73s. I don't know what the fuck ever it was. But anyway, I'm going with Scream because I think it, it reinvigorated an entire genre. Um, I respect your opinion, Joey. Uh, good. You can respect it on your own fucking time, not while I'm talking. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'll Coming up. up. No, you're good. I make no promises. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can shut up for now. We know you'll be back. All right. Coming up in entertainment and pop culture this week, we got to talk about this one. Uh, Friday is the season finale of WandaVision over on Disney Plus. Now I'm gonna address I'm gonna address Hawk first because there was a question that was posed before WandaVision premiered and Hawk was a little nervous and said, dude, what if WandaVision what if WandaVision sucks? Then what do we do? What do we do? And uh, I don't. I think. I, I think number one, uh, we don't do anything. <laughs> I have been. I've been waiting to bust your chops. So tell. So one division has not sucked so far. Um, I know who. Should, by show of hands, I know people listening to the podcast can't see your hands, but show of hands, who's been? Who is? Who's current with one division? Who's been watching? Is current caught up? I don't have Disney. Okay, so Brad and Curtis are not caught up, but the rest of us, so we will not go into spoiler territory. Um, But thoughts on WandaVision uh, as we're heading into the finale. What have you you thought about this thing so far? And just Love it, it love it, love it. Like, um, me and my dad watch it every Friday night. Yeah, Brandon's caught up. Yeah, he's caught up. What universe is Brandon caught up? Brandon's caught up. No, he's caught up on log. He's good. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon watches TV. <laughs> no, um, me and my dad watch it every Friday night. Uh, I tried to avoid spoilers all Friday uh, during the day, and uh, like I, 
I was telling my dad, it's like, how cool is it? We're watching it right here that every Friday night for the past few weeks, we get to turn on the TV, turn on Disney Plus, and see the Marvel Studios logo opening every single week for new content. Yeah. It just gives me this joy inside that even if it's bad, it's going to be good. Yeah. Because it's going to make you happy somehow. Even if it's bad, it's going to make you smile because you're watching something that's Marvel and it's Marvel Cinematic Universe and Kevin Feige's involved. And it's just joy. Well, you act like he can't screw up. I mean... Oh, he, he, ha- he, he can. But, he just hasn't yet. <laughs> is, he had no to do that. That was a bad, Fox property. I will, I will enjoy it because I'm being entertained. Like, I don't get mad at things that often. When, like, the last thing I was mad at was a game show. And I don't get mad at game shows. <laughs> last thing I got mad at was Curtis. It's been It's been joy. It has been. It is. Go ahead, Kurt. Uh, Hawk. Yeah, go to you. Oh, my God. First of all, uh, Catherine has been a delight. <laughs> yeah. Um, every, every once in a while, you forget how talented an individual is until they do something amazing. And you're like, oh, yeah, she's always been talented. Why am I just now remembering it? Um, yeah, on. Uh, and, and I love – well, you and I know You know I love those secondary characters. I don't. I don't need to hear about Captain America and Thor, and I, I like hearing about the secondary characters. So to see binary, ah, oh. actually, is she going to be binary or Captain Marvel? Which one? Is she well, she won't be Captain Marvel because we got Captain Marvel two coming with Brie Larson still. So in right. this, it, yeah, in this, in this, we will just have yeah, not Captain Marvel, but yeah. So probably, probably binary. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember her. And I like that they. I mean. The thing with the eyes was really cool. I'm like, all right, so they hit it. We're going to get that character. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, um, we got, we've got powers being tossed around. If she goes straight, like Wanda going into Doctor Strange, Monica Rambeau will go straight into Captain Marvel, Captain 2. Marvel 2 after that. Sure, so. sure. yep. And then, of course, we're going to get um, – they, they so Marvel had made the decision not to do what they did. And I'm like, that was to me, that was the surprise. Because y'all said y'all weren't doing that. If Wanda wasn't a witch, she wasn't the Scarlet Witch. She was, what did they call her? An anomaly, or, or yeah, she was just yeah, she was just Wanda. Then yeah, had yeah, they yeah. made a word for it because they, they couldn't use mutant, so they made a word yep. for it. And then all of a sudden, she was a witch. I even liked the flashback. Yeah, because Agatha laughing. I'm sorry, spoiler alert for a lot of things I'm saying, but Agatha sitting there facing off. I'm like. If I'm an old girl, and I, show of hands, actually, for the people that see it, which one of y'all would have stayed to the last part? Uh, which one of y'all would like, oh, you ate everybody? I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not eating me. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a hero and all, but I'm out. <laughs> yeah. He took on, wasn't there like eight of them? Yeah, I think so. Or, yeah. I don't know how many were in their little circle, but yeah. How, how, at what number between one and seven do you realize, <laughs> oh, I don't have to die because everybody else is? <laughs> yeah, but you know how that shit goes. It, it wouldn't be a Marvel movie without it, or a Marvel show without it. <laughs> oh, no, it was, a, it was, it was, honestly, I was, because, you know, they didn't have to do that. Right. They could have done everything and not done that. And they yeah. chose to do it anyway. 
And I was like, and they, you know, and they could have screwed it up, and they did. Yep. You know, um, all of the surprises. The fact that you know, because we don't, we don't always get to be surprised anymore. Yeah. Especially this group of people here who spend their life doing this shit. Yeah. So we don't get to be surprised. Yep. They have surprised me. So they didn't surprise me in the first episode, but they surprised me in the second episode. They surprised me in the third episode. You know. Yeah, no, they, it's 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 been good. Kenny, what about you? What what are your thoughts on uh, WandaVision going into the season finale? Probably the series finale, let's be honest. But yeah, the season finale. Yeah. Well, I mean, anybody who knows me knows I've loved the Scarlet Witch forever. I've, that's been one of my favorite characters. But the testament of the show in our household is it makes my wife stop what she's doing and she watches it. Right, and she doesn't do. She doesn't watch hardly any TV, but she makes sure that she watches that with me. So that it, it doesn't know that's a high bar, but for our household, <laughs> it's a high bar. So they're they're doing good stuff over there. Yeah, I think if if there was any question left after the Mandalorian about the 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 power, the virtue, whatever you want to call it, of a weekly release schedule, of knowing that people all over the world are watching this thing from literally the minute it drops through those first 12 to 24 hours. I mean, if this show had been dumped all at once, we you know, especially with the episodes being as short as they are, we would have all watched it in that first weekend. We would have talked about it in mid-January when there was fuck all else going on on television in the movies, and we would not yeah. be talking it. We would not be ta- we would not be blowing this thing up today. We would have talked about it like the show after the binge was over, and we would have been done. We'd been like, okay, what's next? When do we get the Falcon and Winter Soldier? Um, yeah, yeah that, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I will just, say my one complaint is the shortness of the episodes. Yeah, well, I mean, they did it for a reason. It's that it's the sitcom's length. It's 30 minutes. It was um, awesome so, to see. So, you know, she bitched about her original costume. Right. And so it was It was really funny to see her in the original, original costume because you know she was bitching. <laughs> like, oh, you, you realize you realize we can do whatever we want with your costume. Yeah. <laughs> Be happy whatever we put you in. Absolutely. Uh, so that's... Yeah, exactly. After seeing what they do with their, her original costume, i like, you know what? That's pretty badass. Yeah. Even that's though Fanboy Me wanted to see if they could pull off her original costume. Right. Not, not costume-wise. Yeah. No, no, they can't. You yeah. can't pull that off. It would look ridiculous. <laughs> and then she shows up in it. I'm like, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a good episode. All right, so we've got that going on this Friday. Coming to America. <laughs> Coming to yes! America. Hits Prime Video on Friday. Actually, um, it's out right now, baby. Yeah, there you go. You can check it out on Prime Video. They just, they just early released it as we're recording yep. this tonight. Yeah, Amazon Ooh! Amazon does that on occasion. They'll just be like, fuck it, yeah. you're close enough. <laughs> Amazon's got close enough syndrome. They're like, eh, you know, well, yeah. go ahead, watch it. Uh, also, yeah. also hitting Disney Plus Premium if you want to pay for it on Friday. Uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. If you'll wait a couple months, it'll be out on just regular old Disney Plus. Um, but you can catch that this weekend if you need to. Also, it looks like a good animated series. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it'll be spun off into a Disney Plus series after this, the movie's over. Uh, also, Friday hitting Hulu Boss Level uh, with Crossbones himself, Frank Grillo. Um, so that'll and, be fun. Uh, and Mel was Gibson. 
Is Mel Gibson in that shit? Mel Gibson is in that shit. I'm, I think. Are you? Every, sh- I haven't read. I haven't read anything about it. But every time I see an article about boss level, I see Mel Gibson's picture. Are you sure it's Mel Gibson and not Frank Grillo? I mean, Frank Grillo is <laughs> in it, but I'm pretty sure right. Mel Gibson might be too. We'll find out. Google it. Yeah, Google that shit. Type that into your Google machine and see if, if Mel Gibson's in boss level. Also, this weekend, Pennyworth season two premieres on Epics. From what I understand, nobody watches it because nobody's got fucking Epics. But from those who do have Epics, everybody who's watched it said it's not a bad little show. So, if that if you ha- yeah, if you've got Epics, check that out. Season two premieres this Sunday. The Critics' Choice Awards uh, are this Sunday over on the CW. Uh, a few of the people participating in our uh, in our draft tonight are have voted for the Critics' Choice Awards, um, and then Thank of course. You. New con- not you. Oh yeah, go ahead. Did you have a question, comment? Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson is in Boss Level. Nice. Him and Frank Grillo both, and Naomi Watts, and Annabelle Wallace, and Kim Jong, and Michelle Yeoh. And I've never heard of this movie before. Now, really? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, this should be a good action flick. Uh, check that out on Hulu. Uh, new comics, of course, this week. DC's comics hit your comic book shop on Tuesday. Everybody else's hit on Wednesday. Also on Wednesday, The Masked Singer season five premiere. I'm closet masked singer fan. No, fuck, I'm not. I'm, I'm out of the closet. I, I love that masked singer You've been shit. Out of the closet for a while. Yeah, I was gonna say I love that masked singer. I haven't no, caught up on no, the American seasons. I find online the British one. I find online the Australian one. I don't. I don't care about those foreign ones. I like this American version because it's not about the masked singers. It's about. It's about the. It's about the judges and Ken Jong and anybody else you put in there as a judge. It's just fucking great. I love Ken Jong. And then that he is. That is on Wednesday night. It is followed by Wayne Brady's new game show, Game of Talents. Both of those are on Fox. Anytime I see Wayne Brady, so for whatever reason, Comedy Central had a uh, Chappelle show like marathon going on today. Cool. And every time I every time I hear or see or think of the word Wayne Brady, uh, I, I go back to that. I go back to that Chappelle show episode. You know, uh, is for Wayne Brady reason. gonna have to choke a bitch? <laughs> yeah, Wayne Brady <laughs> is gonna have to choke a bitch. <laughs> I wonder if there's a, an entry in the Urban Dictionary for Wayne Brady, and it's, the definition is choking a bitch. <laughs> I don't know, but that was the funniest. That that was among one of the funnier spots, just because he's so so playing against type and is so aware of it, and it just looks like he's having a fucking blast doing it. Wayne you, Brady makes yeah. Brian Gubble look like Malcolm X. <laughs> Wayne Brady looks like he Wayne Brady's got to be a good sport just because he's done who's line for so damn long. I mean, right. you kind of you kind of have to be a good sport to do that, but yeah, he looks like he's having a good time and in that. That's like a deal too. He's been doing that since 2009. Yep. Right? Also on Thursday next week, first up you got all these ABC dramas are returning from hiatus. You got a big crossover event for those who watch these uh Station 19, Grey's Anatomy, they're having a big crossover kickoff next Thursday night. Um, also, a million little things follows that, and then on Shutter, I don't know anything about this movie, um, but I do like the title. Next Thursday night, uh, or Thursday anytime, you can uh, check out "Stay Out of the Fucking Attic" on Shutter next week. I mean, that's like the perfect name for a horror movie: "Stay Out of the Fucking Attic." <laughs> also, William Shatner. 
Is it? Yeah, I'm guessing no, not. No, no. I'm guessing not. <laughs> He's in the attic. That's why you stay out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody else stay the fuck out of the attic. Leave, leave old grandpa up there. Shit, my dad says. There you go. Uh, Thursday, also, we will be recording next week's episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. You can find us live for the recording on the Pop Goes the Culture Facebook page, our Twitch channel, our YouTube channel. Links to all those and a whole lot more, including. Uh, Content from a lot of the people participating in tonight's draft can be found over at popgoestheculture.com. Watch, listen to, interact with us as we're recording. We might read your comments on the air. Uh, we'll be announcing the March Madness poll winners next week and giving you next week's matchup. So join us for that next Friday. If for some reason you can't join us live next Thursday evening, look for the Pop Goes the Culture podcast in the podcast player of your choice on Friday. Let's move on. To our seventh poll in our March Madness tournament. I'm going to get a drink and wet my whistle before we get into this one. Oh, we're drinking. Shit. There we go. All right. Starting with... Starting with the number seven pick, seven, number seven overall pick. This is in from Matt Donnelly. You can follow him at Sweet Matty D on Twitter over at mindnoodler.com. Uh, Matt, of course, he's the head writer and producer for Penn and Teller's Fool Us over on the CW, co-host of a shitload of podcasts, including Penn Sunday School, Matt and Mattingly's Ice Cream Social, Abracababble, all of those he took with the overall number seven pick, 19. 19- 97's Titanic. So Titanic coming off the board at number seven. At number ten, your French girls. There you go. At number (laughs) ten. At number ten, this pick comes from Sarah Clemens. You can follow Sarah at Mildred's Fierce on Twitter or at sarahclemens.contently.com. Sarah, of course, she's a member of the Wilman. Let's try that again. Women's Film Critics Circle. <laughs> I'm trying to throw two words together. The Women's Film Critics Circle, the Dorian Awards, the Online Association of Female Film Critics, editor over at Next, Next Best Picture. Uh, she took. 1997 film as well not titanic that was already taken at number seven she took princess mononoke the uh animated film from uh, japan what yeah (laughs) and what's funny and what's funny is that people were upset that she took that at number 10 (laughs) we'll talk about that in a little bit yeah it's kind of amazing at number 23 brad took with the number 23 overall pick 1998's the Big Lebowski. Do you want to talk about why you took The Big Lebowski? What do you got to say for this one? Oh, I didn't know I was going to have to like, make a prepared statement. All right, fair enough. I'll just read just what read you already wrote. I will say, though, that no, all the movies that we've talked about... <laughs> well, I will say one thing. Out of all the movies that we've discussed so far in all these polls, to my knowledge, The Big Lebowski is the only one that has yearly festivals held in honor of how great the movie is like for the past 20 years yeah i don't think any other any of these other movies have no one's doing this for titanic you should still write, uh, read what he wrote <laughs> no no, no, I, no we're good no no, no, no go ahead no, no it's, it's 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 really pretty much that that's all right uh number 26 oh damn number 26 I, really you read it. I, I can get you a toe number 
<laughs> number 26 overall pick comes from uh, somebody we've already mentioned, our buddy Zach Wilson. Uh, you can follow him at Zach underscore Binks. Uh, you can catch him uh, as the MC for VisionCon. I'm sure he'll have some some stuff going on with the VisionCon online uh, coming up in May. He is also the host of VisionCon Live, and he went with 1997s. A lot of 1997 movies. He went with 1997's End of Evangelion, which is another uh, Japanese animated film. So, and he was uh, more than a little perturbed that uh, that Sarah took uh, Princess. Mononoke with the number ten pick because he was wanting to get that. <laughs> of course he was. <laughs> so yeah, he was he was not happy to hear that she had taken that, and it's funny because really? again, you the random that she took that pick. At, what's funny is that the random number generator Are threw them head to head in the first round. Uh, so that's uh, so we got that going on. So that's the, the number seven poll, the seventh poll in this uh, this whole draft. We've got the number seven pick Titanic, the number ten nope. pick. Princess Mononoke. We've got the number 23 pick, The Big Lebowski, and number 26 pick, End of Evangelion. Now, Brad's already made his comment. So, Curtis goes with Lebowski. Uh, what's everybody Lebowski, else got on this come one? Come on, man. What else? What do we got? Anybody else with thoughts on this round? Kenny, come on. You've got the beard. Well, I don't know. I haven't watched. What was the fourth one? I missed one, apparently. That was uh, Zach's pick, End of Evangelion. Oh, yeah, no, it's two animes, Big Lebowski. What was the fourth one? Titanic was the first Titanic. pick of the group. Oh, the Titanic of those the four. Okay. The Titanic is the only one I've seen, and I didn't like. Okay, I know there I've seen Big Lebowski, but I don't remember any of it. Okay, Kenny, I'm gonna slap you. I saw it. I just don't <laughs> like it. I mean, I know the Big Lebowski is a huge thing. It was. Okay. You're gonna pick Titanic, aren't you? No, I'll I'll pick the Big Lebowski, but it, do, it doesn't blow me away. I mean, I would almost say none of those. But <laughs> See, thing, it's not a movie that blows you away, but it's a movie that's just sort of like ah, I can kind of sit and watch this and just kind of chill. You know? I am glad that we have animes in this list. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no. It, to to everybody's point. If those four movies are on again, if I'm clicking through and those four movies are on, I'm I'm stopping on the Big Lebowski. I'm not stopping on the others. So, hey Joey, so, high yeah. Five? What's high five? that? No, no good. You high don't five? get a high five. You don't get a high five tonight. Uh, <laughs> I, I do know that um, if you remember back when the uh, whatever that Palace Theater used to do the midnight shows, yeah, and they would do like the Crow, Pulp Fiction, Big Lebowski stuff like that. I know every time we went, like the Crow packed out you couldn't people are waiting i went to that at the palace yeah yeah i was surprised and the crow was but like false fiction always full terminator 2 always full big lebowski pick your seat (laughs) yeah really this is true that never pulled in we're in the midwest yeah you you would think oh well kind of a religion we don't want to do that because everyone no that's not it it's it's because that would sell sell out it's because the movie's not great. It's good, but it's not great. It's a there's a reason it's, it's called a cult classic. Yeah, there's a reason it's a yeah. cult classic. All right, well let's move on. So I want to take a second before we get to our uh, last poll. I want to talk about how people can participate in it. So we've talked about them. We've let all these participants make their picks. We've discussed them. 
none of that means shit for any of this. What's going to happen is that people, everybody listening, everybody who's following us online, you are going to be the ones who are picking which of these movies move on from the first round to the second round to the third round all the way to the championship. Here's what you're going to do. You can follow us online on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at PGTC podcast. You can find us on Twitch. You can find us on YouTube. You can go to our website at popgoestheculture.com. You can go to our online store, pick up your swag. Make sure you're following us. These posts, these polls, excuse me, will be posted on Twitter. There will be a Twitter poll and it'll be, there'll be one. It'll say, Hey, this is the, you know, this is the first round polls and the the polls are in this and we will thread these tweets. So you'll go through, you'll see the announcement and it'll be pinned right to the top of our Twitter feed, right to the top of our Twitter page. You'll go in, you can click on it and there'll be eight individual polls with four movies in each. You pick on the one you like in each of those. Uh, you go through all of them. Uh, take the time to go through each and every one of them and make your picks. And then uh, we will let you know who the winners are next week when we uh, sit down to record this thing next Thursday night. So get your, get your votes in before next Thursday uh, which would be March the 11th. We'll probably set a cutoff on this thing at like uh, probably noon central time on March the 11th. So make sure you get your you get your votes in. So let's get to it. This is it. This is our last, our final poll, the eighth and final poll of the week, the last four movies in our 32-movie March Madness tournament. It starts off with the number two overall pick. So remember, Toy Story was... Toy Story was the number one overall pick. This is the number two overall pick from favorite films of the 1990s. It comes from our pals uh, Daniel and Drew over at Quality Check Podcast. You can follow them at Quality Check Pod on Twitter. They took the 1990 film The Matrix. Good at good. good pick. At number 15, number 15 overall pick comes from Franchise Killer Podcast. You can follow them at at FK underscore podcast on Twitter. They took the 1990 film, 1995 film, excuse me, Braveheart. So we've nice. got, we've got Braveheart. We've got the matrix so far at number 18, our <laughs> friends over at movies after work podcast. You can follow them at movies work on Twitter. At number 18, they took the 1999 film Life. Here's what they said. An amazing comedy that is timeless and heartbreaking. Murphy and Lawrence are at their best with an ensemble to match. They took 1999's Life with the number 18 pick. I love Life. We were talking about literally at the bar last night. Yeah, it's a good flick. And at number 31, we had the folks over at We Watched a Thing podcast, which you can follow at We Watched a Thing on Twitter or at We Watched a Thing.com. They took with the 31st pick the 1995 film Before Sunrise. So that is the eighth and last poll that we have. We've got uh, 1999's The Matrix, 1995's Braveheart, 1999's Life, and 1995's Before Sunrise. Any of those jump out to you as a potential front runner? What is your favorite Matrix. of those four? Matrix? My, I heard of Matrix. My favorite would be Life. Life? I mean, I loved, I loved Life. There, was, there were obviously flaws in it. Um, yeah. Because of, because of who was making it, I mean, come on, no yeah. one wanted to make that movie. No one wanted that movie made, um, and I'm glad it. I'm glad it got made because it was it was genius. But Matrix was the next step in evolution as far as like. 
Okay. So we've heard Matrix. We've heard Life. Uh, Brandon, how about you? What do you got? I have no skin in this game. All right. Kenny, how about you? Well, he is the youngest. <laughs> he he is the youngest. Were you? Hold on a second, Brandon. Brandon, were you, Brandon, were you alive in 1999? You were alive in 99, correct? Yeah. Okay. Were you alive in 95? Barely. Okay, so you were not watching movies in 1995, and that's half of this poll. So. I was barely watching movies in 1995. <laughs> that's honest. true. Yeah. Go ahead. We haven't seen a DNA, DNA test. Is he alive now? Yes, he is. Yes. He is alive. Very. He is very much so. All right, Kenny, what do you got here? Uh, of course, my choice is going to be The Matrix. For Just like Hawk said, it was innovative. And, I mean, just if you don't even include two and three yet, you're just – I've only seen this one. It's, it is amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, The Matrix – I think The Matrix is where I go as well. Go ahead, Hawk. Two and three were just the worst idea. Hmm. Even if they were written as a trilogy – they, someone, someone, somewhere read one of those scripts and said, "Hey, we shouldn't do this." <laughs> yeah, I think with the money that the first one brought in, the studio, the it was just like, "Fuck it, go ahead, here you go." So they gave him yeah. carte blanche, and unfortunately, so and that. I like, you know, I like my movie do, I, do I get a say? No, no, you don't. Go ahead, Curtis. What you got? Go ahead. <laughs> okay. You said so, the Matrix already, though. right? No, I didn't. I thought you did. So I, I heard a Matrix and a Life come out of that corner of the screen. But that's okay. Go ahead. I never said anything about Matrix. Okay, go ahead. But I, I will say that even though Brad and I's father, when he decided to... Right, kid, sit your ass back down. I don't even know where this is going. I'm not sure I want to know. Where'd he go? Where'd he go? I'm going to wait. Keep talking. Even though Brad and I's father, when he decided that he was divorcing our mother... <laughs> and he Where came back, going? and he came back to live with us for a, uh, an expanded, extended period of time. Did you just get to it, even You're though he bought a double VHS of Braveheart, and we watched the shit out of it, and we loved it. I'm still going with life. Fair enough. That was a long <laughs> journey. That was a long walk. I was about to say. Yeah, thinking of long walk. Way. Where's Joey? He was I taking a long walk off of a short pier because of that damn story. He's outside <laughs> screaming freedom at the top of his mind. <laughs> right. Well, I wasn't sure if you were coming back with, you know, my dad came back and he had this leather fetish, and then he you know, was like, "Whoa, where's that going?" What were what were the other what were the other two choices though? Right, we were pretty consistently Matrix or Life. Yeah. What were the other two choices, though? I'm wondering. Oh, wait. Joe, Joey's back. So, when my father. Oh, my God! <laughs> no. I, 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 was, you, I was telling a heartbreaking story about my father decided to divorce our mother. When he came back to live with us for a little bit, he bought us Braveheart, and we loved it, but I'm still going with life. <laughs> Did not need to be divulged. Okay. I will say this Braveheart was also very iconic. It was. He was a game changer for Mel Gibson. Honestly, he was it a was. game changer for that part of our, our world. Because, you know, there were a lot, there's a lot of history that we as Americans don't know or don't remember or don't care about. So there was a lot Even of Even if it's inaccurate with the kills, but it's still yeah, a good movie. There was a lot of goodness that came out of that. Um, but it's not going to beat The Matrix. And it's not, if, I mean, life's not going to beat really Braveheart. Matrix. Braveheart's not going to beat Braveheart. What was the fourth one? Joey, you have absolutely no audio. 
Yeah, we can't hear you, Joey. Joey's at his wits end. I don't know. Yeah, I'm about to. If I, if I had any hair, it would be pulled out. Yeah, uh, Before Sunrise was the final film in before, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, no one went to that. Okay. Yeah. I saw that. I saw that movie, and they made two sequels, and I didn't give a shit. Like, I yeah. like Richard Linklater. I like Dazed and Confused. Right. I like <laughs> this is not, this is not Dazed and Confused. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Dazed and Confused. Fair enough. There's no All Slater. Right. There's... Let's talk. Go ahead. Well, let, here we go. Let's talk about that because here are some of the notable films that were not selected. So we've got thirty-two selected. We did not have. There's a whole. There is a whole slew of Tim Burton films from Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, Sleepy Hollow, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Mars Attacks. Some of those uh, could have possibly been somebody's favorite. But they were not chosen. We have a couple of Scorsese films: Goodfellas and Casino. Neither one taken. Casino, Casino is great. Goodfellas is Goodfellas is iconic. Casino. We've got some Disney flicks that were not taken. We had a few picked, uh, but like Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Mulan, Pocahontas, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. We have a bunch of we talked. You know, Scream was taken. Um, There's a bunch of other horror and what I would call like horror light type films uh bram stoker's dracula was not taken interview with the vampire <laughs> hocus pocus the adams family misery was a 90s flick the witches cape fear with uh de niro not taken candy man good one it is candy man casper again horror light the craft the frighteners disturbing behavior uh, the faculty I which the i forget which the one of those movies is which idle hands the, the blair witch project yeah, not taken the crow. The, I'm shocked the crow wasn't picked. We'll get we'll get there. It was on my list. I was yeah. debating between that and uh, the other, but I, I decided to go with that one. So, but yeah. I, I love the crow. That's that's always been a favorite of mine. It is Not- mine too. 90s were a highlight of Tom Clancy films. We had The Hunt for Red October, Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger. None of those taken. Uh, also. Hey, I saw you. The other, uh, <laughs> the other big author, uh, in the nineties that was getting everything fucking developed into a film was the John Grisham movies. We had The Firm, The Client, The Rainmaker, The Pelican Brief, A Time to Kill, The Chamber. None of those picked. We had a couple of Robin Hood flicks that were not taken. We had the Kevin Costner, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and then we had Mel Brooks's, uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Um, the nineties. So we had Tombstone and we, we shit on Wyatt Earp. Um, but there were a couple that we did not, nobody took Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood. Nobody took, the, nobody took The Quick and the Dead by Sam Raimi. Uh, we had, had a bunch of family flicks. Um, a little bit surprised just knowing the, the, the age of the folks that were involved. That no there house were, guests. There weren't more family fix, flicks taken. Uh, Home Alone was a 90s movie. Free Willy, Jumanji, oh. Small Soldiers, Hook, The Rocketeer. Cool Runnings has a big cult following. Mrs. Yeah, Doubtfire, The Sandlot was not picked. Uh, the Santa Claus, Babe, Jingle All the Way, Space Jam, The Nutty Professor, Mouse Hunt, Dr. Doolittle, <laughs> Stuart Little, a bunch of those. Okay, so... All right. Here's we my got, question. <laughs> yeah. Robin Williams... On our list, uh, I don't think so. No, uh, the nineties. There are a few other action flicks that I am surprised did not make the cut. Nobody like the took. Rock? Nobody took Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Yeah, which I, I'm surprised. Uh, Independence Day, The Rock, Twister, Con Air, Face Off. With the Nick Cage fans we have, I would have thought uh, Stargate, 
True Lies, which is better than it gets uh, rep for. Golden Eye Heat, we talked about. Uh, the Mummy Bill is Paxton, a fun flick. Bill pa- can, I, can I just say, Bill Paxton is amazing in True Lies. Okay. For the, for the people that <laughs> for the people that blow this movie all the time, the fact that nobody took the thirteenth warrior um, is the interesting. Warriors amazing. <laughs> nobody took the thirteenth warrior. Uh, so dramas. Go ahead. That's true. Yeah. As far as other dramas that are out there that were not taken, A Few Good Men was not taken, Apollo 13, G.I. Jane, The Truman Show, Any Given Sunday, Boogie Nights, Goodwill Hunting, The Usual Suspects, JFK, The Doors, doors. uh, Man on the Moon, uh, none of those taken. Um, We we did have Clerks taken. We did have clerks taken, but uh, nobody took Mallrats, Chasing Amy, or Dogma. Uh, we had uh, we had Tommy Boy taken a uh, Chris Farley movie. Nobody touched Black the Adam Sheep. Sandler. Nobody touched the Adam Sandler shit. Uh, Billy Madison, no Happy Gilmore. Gilmore. Nobody touched Happy Gilmore. Nobody touched the Water Boy, the Wedding Singer, Big Daddy. Um, and again, thinking about the age of some of the people making these picks, a lot of coming of age movies in the '90s that weren't taken. Clueless, not taken. Well, Can't hardly wait. Ten Things I Hate About You, She's All That, Romeo plus Juliet, the DiCaprio and Claire Danes film, uh, The Basketball Diaries, American Pie, none of those taken. Basketball uh, Diaries is actually really good. Yeah, surprisingly, surprisingly nobody touched them. Uh, comedies, there, you know, there are a few comedies in our list, but Austin, okay, so we've got Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, Rush Hour, Galaxy Quest, not taken, Mystery Men, Office Space, Dazed and Confused, Groundhog Day, Dumb and Dumber, The Mask, The Birdcage, Liar Liar, There's Something About Mary. Nobody took any of those. Um, what I would call. I thought about Dazed and Confused. Yeah. I thought about it too. For what I would okay, call. Course, what I would call chick the one flicks. That's on my shirt. I see your shirt. <laughs> what I would what I would call chick flicks, but these have got to be somebody's favorite movies. Uh, things like Ghost, Not Taken, Mermaids, Postcards from the Edge, Pretty Woman, Thumb on the Wees, A League of Their Own, Sister Act, The Bodyguard. Remember how big The Bodyguard fucking was? Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. Sleepless yeah, in Seattle. The Joy Luck Club. Waiting to Exhale. While You Were Sleeping. The Preacher's Wife. My Best Friend's Wedding. City of Angels. Ever After. Practical Magic. Notting Hill. Runaway Bride. A whole lot of shit in the nineties. Uh, surprise. And then I would wrap it up with uh, what I would just call other kind of oddball indie cult favorites type stuff. Surprisingly, nobody picked these as uh, their favorites. They would include things like Desperado from Dusk Till Dawn. Uh, we talked a little bit of uh, Tarantino, but like Reservoir Dogs, Jackie Brown, Four Rooms, 12 Monkeys, Natural Born Killers, Dark Man. Flatliners, uh, Jacob's Ladder, Drop Dead Fred, Basic Instinct, The Crow, we've mentioned, Fargo, The Meteor Man, My Neighbor, My Neighbor Totoro, The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, Tu Wong Fu, God. Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, The Hud, The Hudsucker Proxy. I love the shit out of that Hudsucker movie. Proxy is amazing. The Mortal Kombat. I just watched <laughs> Dr. Drop Dead Fred for the first time. He's got like 300 <laughs> more movies with it. Quit interrupting. Mortal, no, I don't know. Quite that many. I'm working my way through. Mortal Kombat, Seven, Showgirls, Species, Strange Days, Tank Girl, 
The Prophecy, To Die For, Barbed Wire, Sling Blade, Strip Tease, Swingers, The Cable Guy, Train Spotting, Event Horizon, Gross Point Blank, Spawn, Starship Troopers, Fallen, fucking Fallen with Denzel, where the fucking, oh, the, is a fucking, great, fucking great movie. Fear and Loathing yeah. in Las Vegas, Rounders, Wild Things, uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous, which is underrated, Jawbreaker, None of those were picked. And then the one that if I had been picking, the one I told Kenny when he was like, I'm not sure. Some of my picks are getting taken. The one that I think I would have picked out of all of these, uh, the Iron Giant, I think what I would have picked. What did you pick eventually? Did you not pick I didn't. I, I, don't, I didn't pick. I, uh, I was the backup oh, in case somebody had to drop out. Well, so we're, we're glad we didn't, you didn't pick Joy because we really don't care what you think. I know. <laughs> Nobody has yet. <laughs> So yeah, a lot of a lot of good movies uh, that were not picked. There's a lot of movies there that uh, that I could make an argument for over some of the movies that get did get picked, but it's not my favorite. The Lost World, Jurassic Park. There's a reason for that, Um, but these are not these are not only good sequel. These are not my movies. These are your favorite movies from the 90s, and we thank everybody who participated. Uh, We will be sure to, as we post these polls this week, to be sure and tag everybody so you can share them as well, get people to vote for your picks. Um, You can vote for this week's pop quiz right now on Twitter. If you are listening to this in your podcast player on Friday, the polls are live. Again, the way it works, you go to our Twitter page, at PGTC Podcast. Pinned right to the top of the page is an announcement that says, this is it, round one of our uh, March Madness favorite 90s movies tournament. The eight polls are threaded together. There will be four in each poll. You vote for the one that is your favorite of those four. Um, We, of course, encourage you to tag your friends, share it, get everybody you know on board, get everybody voting. Um, And if you want to, this is always fun. Reply with a comment. And we'll read those on the air next week with your comments about why you voted for what you did. Um, and again, this week's pop quiz is eight polls long, and it is pinned right to the top of the page, so you cannot miss it. If you have enjoyed this episode or any episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast, please take a moment and leave a review in your preferred podcast player. It does not cost you a thing, and it really is one of the best ways that you can support this show. We would certainly appreciate it. That's all I've got on this script. Does anybody have anything for this week before we call this one call this one good? Brad said another movie. What do you got, oh, Brad? Not that it matters, but Loaded Weapon One is a very underrated comedy <laughs> it, from the 90s. It is. And National Lampoon Senior Trip. I would still go with Loaded Weapon One over Senior Trip. But yeah, still. All yeah. right. Anybody got anything else? Uh, be, sure to check out, uh, be sure to check out Fanatics in the Fan this month. We are going back to normal. Uh, I'm going to invite Joey over. We're going to talk about some video games. Uh, from, from 2000 to now, video games has been amazing. We've got, it's, it's like like we were talking about some of these movies that have been game changers. Video games, the whole landscape of video games have changed from 1999 to now. So we're going to have a March Madness and figure out what should everybody be playing right now or even still. Very good. Cool. Check that out. Be sure to check out all these folks. Is. They're good. What's that? You gonna tell us? You gonna save it? Ooh, no, save it, save it. No, just save it, save it, save it, save it for fanatics and the fan. Fuck yes. Hey, everybody, we 
I want to do want to say this. Please check out all of these participants. Uh, check them out on Twitter. Check out their websites. Check out their podcasts. Follow them online. Uh, there's a reason we invited every single person to be a part of this. It was not an open call and, hey, who's got something to pitch and wants to be a part? We reached out to every one of these people. Every one of them was kind enough and gracious enough to get back to us and say, yes, we want to participate. So be sure to check them all out. Subscribe. Follow them on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever you can. Uh, be sure to let them know uh, if you've never followed them before. You can even tell them, hey, we, we heard uh, heard your pick on the uh, Pop Goes the Culture podcast. We wanted to give you guys a follow. We want to reach out to you on, on social media. Um, I know they would every one of them would appreciate hearing from you. They, they, these are the kind of people that you want to be involved with. That's why we ask them to be a part of this. Um, every one of them would love to hear from you if you reach out to them. That's about it. That's all I got. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I want to thank my co-hosts. I want to thank K-Dub, Curtis, Brad, Brandon, and Hawk with Fanatics and the Fan. Thank everybody for joining us on the live stream. We've had a few folks popping in and out throughout the night, so appreciate everybody watching. And we want to thank you listening wherever you are. Um, again, my name is Joey Mills. This has been the Pop Goes the Culture podcast, part of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast network. Have a great weekend. We will catch you right back here next week with the results of the first round on another brand new episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. Be safe, be healthy, be happy. We will see you next time. See you later. This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture podcast network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.